What's going on, world? Jack of all speed, CLT. Back like Jordan wearing the 4-5. Yes, yes, y'all. I am the beloved one, DJ Spellman. To my left, the pride of Africa, Ken Wabibi. Yes, this is I, the pride of Africa, Ken Wabibi. I'm going to shout out Virgin Islands today. The Virgin Islands today. I-V-I. <laughs> Wagwan Shell time. Wagwan Shell. <laughs> on my right, the boy, Banks on the Beat. Yes, sir. What it is, what it do. Banks on the Beat, Blue Water. 3,700. Wilkinson Boulevard. The Hub. Hey, hey I put him in the game. Got it right. Put him in the game today. Right. Yes, sir. Hold tight. Local <laughs> 6, a.k.a. Jay Marlowe. But we got Carla mm-hmm. running the cameras today. So we appreciate you, love. Thank you. But today... Mm-hmm. Our special guest is repping for the Urban Cowboys of the South. We have Greg Django Lockhart. What's going on, sir? What's going on? Hey, man, you know, it's another day in paradise is what they say. When you're above the ground, it's a great day. For sure, for sure. Now, whether you've seen this show before, this is your first time checking in. We got the flower segment, folks. So, Greg, for you, West Charlotte High School graduate, right? Dub C. Mm-hmm. Road warrior, entrepreneur, owner of Lockhart Performance and Charlotte Cowboys LLC, riding instructor, Equin Mogul. Did I pronounce that right? Equine Mogul. Equine Mogul. Okay, got that. Professional pony fighter. <laughs> Word. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I, got a, I got a hint of that when I went and visited that. Um, featured in Charlotte Magazine. Uh, yeah, man. Tell us about that journey a little bit. All right, man. So. Started at West Charlotte High School back in 2012, graduated 2016. Uh, it was a fun four years. I was in the IB program there, always in the books. Uh, played golf there for about three years, right. um, MVP for two years. Uh, Talk your shit. Say it again. <laughs> Say it again. Talk your shit, I don't boy. think everybody heard it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Man, and in the midst of all that, still, you know, riding horses, everything. Oh, I was running my business in high school, actually. Yeah, big up. Um, that was back when lessons were like five dollars. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, after that, lockout performance came about sometime in college. I had went to a- uh, North Carolina eighteen, North okay. Carolina eighteen state Aggie university Pride. for about a year. Um, left there to pursue trucking. Got into the trucking industry, uh, been a driver for about a year and a half now, um, about to pursue being a trucking owner and operator as well soon. Right. That's where the big money at. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, let me see what else. Uh, last year we got featured in the Charlotte Magazine Okay. article. Originally it was supposed to be just how um, COVID had affected my business and everything, but I took that as an opportunity to speak about the other groups in the community. Um, let me see. My it, Mr. Bobby's impact on me. Mr. Bobby's our first black cowboy in Charlotte. Uh, a little bit about the history of my family. Um, mm-hmm. And just speak on the boys I work with and my horse. And then we were lucky enough to get on the cover of the magazine, actually. All right. Well, BB, before you, I know you're about to ask a question. I just want to ask, like, I know we're going to get into it, but... How exactly did you get your start with uh, with riding and instructing people? Man, so that started, let me see, in middle school, just being at the barn. No, I say elementary school. 
after I kind of made my way around the barn, you know, you always had to do something to earn your keep around there, whether the horse had earned mm-hmm. the keep or you, if you ain't have a horse, you got to do something to go ride a horse. So um, Mr. Bobby will have, like, birthday parties and things like that booked up. So I'd always come with him and walk the kids around, walk adults around. And then um, one day I was just like, you know, I'm just going to start teaching people myself. And so I actually started out in middle school because um, a couple of my friends wanted to learn how to ride. So uh, around the time I was in the seventh grade, I was teaching them how to ride my horses. All right. Okay. Well, okay. I, I got to go back a little bit because I can't gloss over this because I don't know what this is. Um, the Equan Mobile, what is that? Equan Mogul. So yeah. Equan is just, <laughs> in, in, in my world, uh, the black term for Equan is just a fancy word for horse. Okay, okay, okay. gotcha, so, gotcha. A little slang on it. Yeah, you know okay. what I'm saying? So <laughs> Equan, just, you know, just put some, um, just put a little bedazzle on it. A um, sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, right. That's what we do, man. We creators <laughs> in the world. And then Mogul, yeah. I actually, that that word itself is just influenced by Nipsey Hussle. I look up to him. So mm. I was like, you know what? I, I am an important figure in my eyes in this uh, horse community. So I was like, Equan Mogul. For sure. Cool, cool, okay. Uh, now, hip-hop legend Grand Pooba said, I wouldn't be here today if the old school didn't pave the way. Um, RRP uh, Pops. Can you tell us about the impact Mr. Bobby had on you? Man, that runs deep, even down to, like, the impact he had on my mom. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm going to start I'm gonna start all the way back. My mom, back in, like, the 70s, I mean, that was when things were still probably a little segregated around here. Um, Mr. Bobby was, like, the only black horse trainer in Charlotte. Um, my grandfather was pretty big in Charlotte. He was doing well for himself back then. And somehow he met Mr. Bobby and Mr. Bobby got my mom and my Uncle Greg their first horses. Yeah. And my mom used to ride from um, Trade Street all the way to Beatty's Fort. Not Beatty's Fort, I'm sorry. Uh, Statesville Avenue just to get horse, her horses a uh, hood shoe. She would ride through Uptown Charlotte. Man, my mom tell me people look at her crazy all the time. <laughs> <laughs> they got to be a wild sight, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> you driving your car, you just see a horse pull up next to you. Yeah, like, back then, too? Like, yeah, right. Like, now, now it's like, okay, only in Charlotte. But back then, it's like, man, that's, that's a nigga on a horse. You know what I'm saying? For sure. But um, Mr. Bobby definitely paved that way for, for the uh, – I don't even know if Mr. Bobby's – I know he was a big trainer. Yeah. Um, But I know my mom – and them growing up, being that they were young, she kind of actually like paved the way for us just just, just having the freedom of riding on the streets. Um, I know Mr. Bobby was always busy training horses, going to shows. Shoot, Mr. Bobby actually had like white people at his barn. Like that's how good he was. People, mm-hmm. white people coming to him to get nay horses trained. Wow. So Mr. Bobby was like pretty big. Um, but yeah, he he definitely like. Stamped away for us and everything. Um, especially, especially nowadays, we have something called a trail ride scene. Even being able to host things like that in the city or just ride horses through the city, like it's people Mr. Bobby knew back then. That, I don't know how, but apparently for past 20, 30 years, maybe, we've been like the only people that's able to ride in the Martin Luther King Parade. Wow, okay. Like, they say Mr. Bobby used to ride his horses in the parade since, like, the 70s, 60s, possibly. Around the time, whenever the – I'm sorry, not 60s, but about 
70s, 80s, any uh, somewhere around the time when they started the actual parade, Mr. Bobby was riding his horses in there. Now, can you tell us what's the best piece of advice you ever got from Big M Staples? Uh, each one teach one. Each one teach one. Okay. So, you know, um, you learn something from somebody, you take that, you teach somebody else. Mm. And um, that's just something that always just followed me on my whole life. Between that and little, little barn rules, like um, uh, you don't eat before your horse eat. So, I mean, you know, you, you took on this responsibility of this animal you didn't make sure you feed it. Mm-hmm. You know, that might mean you can't buy some shoes. It might, might mean you can't go out this weekend. You need to go feed your horse, make sure your horse good. You can't have your horse looking poor. Um, poor is our word of underweight, malnourished, things like right. that. Um, yeah. And also being that, you know, we have to tread lightly with that, being that we're, we're black cowboys and cowgirls because it's like, you know, animal control, see that? That's it. You know, we don't right. really get no slaps on the wrist about that. Yeah. All right, so transitioning from Big M stables to your stables, what does a day in the life look like? Ah, man, so uh, when I am actively at the barn on the weekend, because I do, I do drive trucks during the week, um, I'd say getting up there early, do a little meditation with my horse, I take her out, brush her. We spend one-on-one time. Then we go over our little exercises like um, – I tell, excuse me. I tell people all the time we, I can't say my horse doesn't kick, but we work on exercises so she knows like okay. If I feel this on me, not to kick, or try not to. So like I might crawl under her belly and tickle her or something. That's resembling a little kid running running under her, mm-hmm. me not paying attention, mm-hmm. and they hear something brushing under her belly. I don't need her to react and kick. Mm. So we work on little things like that. I stretch her legs. We do a little bit of um, I'm learning how to get into um, cracking her back and things like that. So, but for now, I just like stretch her legs, crack her legs a little bit, um, and just do just clean the stall. I might have some clients come through or some friends. We have some photographers come out on the weekends, working on a couple of documentaries and things like that. So it can be pretty busy. Yeah. So I mean, that, that's a typical day for me. Okay. Oh, Banks, before you get into that, I okay. want to ask the question since you are road road warrior, so big up all the people trucking. So during the week when you're away, who's holding down the fort? Mama Lockhart, Pony Girl. We call her <laughs> Pony Girl. Okay. She is um and, and this is a good way to talk a little bit about, about my mama, who she is in the community. So um she is who my legacy is pretty much after. Like she mm-hmm. was one of the first black cowgirls in Charlotte. Um, my mom is like that hood veterinarian. Like, <laughs> if your horse hurt and you ain't got a couple bands to spin at the vet, come through. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, come, yeah, come yeah, through. Girl. Get it right. Twenty dollars, I got you. And of course, the hood uh, remedy some witch hazel. Mm-hmm. I don't seen her. Man, I don't seen that lady. A horse cut his stomach open. It cut over. It ran over. Uh, jumped over a fence. Mm. <laughs> and I seen her patch the horse's stomach up with diapers, duct tape, and some other stuff. And the horse is healthy, back running. Crazy. A couple weeks later, mm. we ain't have money for vet for uh, vet to for the vets to come out back then. So it was like you know, we yeah. had to just kind of do our thing. But 
Yeah, she takes care of old Libby for me during the week, and her horses are at a different stable. So she got we got two ponies in the university area. Mm-hmm. She takes care of them and like eight other horses. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm gonna jump in with another question before I ask another. But um, as far as you know, you guys deal with your horses really thoroughly, and to even say how your mom takes care of them and everything like that's extensive. So, um, you know what. Horses kicking at the same time. What does it take to like build trust and connect with that horse to even get that far? Man, so with that, I ain't lie. Some of these horses are some nuts. <laughs> <laughs> some of them. I know like, you got that one that you told me about. That was crazy. The white one that was in there that was, that was, that was bugging a, out. That was the, in the barn. Yeah, in the barn. Oh yeah, man. Some of them. Uh, I think that's the one. I was like, yeah, you can look, but don't touch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Man, some and, and I'm gonna get into it because like a lot of our horses, they have their own personalities. Like Libby, she, if I come during the week, sometimes sometimes I pop up there during the week because I might have to restock on some hay, make sure my mom got everything so she ain't doing no heavy lifting. Um, Libby will get an attitude if she sees me more than once during the week because mm-hmm. she's like, okay, I'm seeing you, but why 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 are you leaving? <laughs> sometimes I don't have time to pull out and brush her and spend time with her. So, like, my mom would come later that day, and she said Libby would be in the stall, like, looking around trying to find me. Mm. Um, but that's just a bond me and her have. And mind you, I've only had Libby for three years. Uh, a lot of people believe you have to have a horse at a young age to build that bond, but it's just time. Just time with anything. You adopt a child, you just spend time with it. You know, you'll, you'll, that bond will happen. Um, the kicking... Libby never really had a kicking issue. It's just something I, I wanted. It's just things I, I trained her for because, you know, I I know what I'm around. I done, I done seen people get kicked by horses. I done seen little kids get hurt. So I was like, I, I want to avoid that at all costs. Um, now, as far as the nuts, I done seen some nuts where it's like, you know, they kick you, you got to kick them back. <laughs> <laughs> Self-defense of the horse. Yeah, so, and that's where the pony fighter come from. My mom has a little pony. Uh, named Danny Boy. Mm. Me and him don't like each other. <laughs> Danny Boy has been in the family for about 10 years. Um, people like to mock me, call him my little brother. Me and him, man, that pony, I think our beef started about eight years ago. He did something, man. I think he bit me in the butt or something. And I went around and I like mugged his face and dude stood up in the air. So like between that and every once in a while I have to get on his back and ride him. Mm. He is small, but they, they hold weight, so I have to get on his back and ride him just to make sure you know he ain't gonna cut up on no kid or anything. And he don't like that man. He, when I do that, he'll turn around, bite my leg. I just he, he done chased me before. Wow. Yeah, man. He he got mad at me one day. I was trying to exercise him and I did something and he just stopped. And just started charging at me one day. Um, Can't imagine you running from a horse. In a, in man, a safari. I don't have to put that little joke in the headlock before. <laughs> I, um, I ain't no horse had a, had that much personality. That's crazy. Man, yeah, <laughs> he just act like that to me. Yeah, like uh, we have a little, little thing we we tie him up at. It's uh-huh. like a little hallway. Now to get through, you have to make sure he's out your way. Mm. And what he would do when he see me coming, he won't let me get through. So like we got, I have to push him, and he be trying to push me back and kicking me, and we just be there fighting the whole time. Now it was crazy after that. A little kid come by, he cool. Yeah. <laughs> kid come by and pat him, he, he's cool. 
But me, oh, it's, 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 a, it's, it's smoke every time. All sight. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like a sibling rivalry. <laughs> for, real, like, for real, for real. <laughs> for sure. All right, um, I want to take a moment to shout out all the black cowboy movements in the area. Uh, Back Creek Riders, Mud Packers, Trailbird Riders, Rich Game Riders, Carolina Rough Riders, and 704 Horsemen. Uh, you said we just ain't niggas with horses. Now speak on that for us a little bit. I mean, it's, it's more it's more to riding than just just riding a horse, man. It's more it's more to it than that. Like, and I feel like some people seeing us ride through the city, they just see us like niggas with horses. You know, they see. I feel like some people see you doing something that they not doing or they not used to seeing, and, and they kind of hate on the scene as ignorance. Mm. So like, even us riding through the horse through on the horse downtown Charlotte. Um, anything other than like a, a parade or something like we rolled down there a couple of weeks ago, you know, we get claps from some people. Then some people are like, oh, y'all are harming the horses, da da, and this and that, and you know, just be like, nah, man, we just out here having fun. Mm-hmm. Especially when the kids out there, it keeps them out of trouble. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and it's really a lot of um, it's really a lot of intelligent people in our community too. Um, a lot of these guys, they. Man, it's, it's, it's some people with some crazy careers, man. Like, they, there's more niggas with horses, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I know I had ran into you uh, uptown, maybe it was that maybe a month or two ago. Yeah. Uh, and just seeing you from afar, and I was like, yo, I already know who that is. So, you know, me and my girl was walking over. But to see y'all just out there hanging out in the park and everybody, like, gravitating towards y'all, wanting to ask questions, kids wanting to pet the horses, is like, you know, I know that's what you do it for, so I was glad to see that. Yeah, I got a question for you for you um, with the next piece. I'm noticing all these these uh, movements here. Now, how did you find all these movements, or did they just kind of hit the athlete look for these movements, or they kind of gravitated towards you because you're already in that horsing realm? So, so they're actually other groups, yeah. and Seven Four Horsemen is actually another business. Gotcha. So they do um, they specialize in. Um, horseback riding lessons and trail rides, things like that as well. What's crazy is 704 Horsemen, um, I'll get into the other groups as well, 704 Horsemen is ran by uh, Bingo. Mm. Um, Bingo actually gave me and my mom, when she got back in the horses, um, about 14, 15 years ago, he gave me uh, my first horse. For the free. Bingo actually, (laughs) Bingo actually, he he he's a huge influence on me and who I am today. Down to everything I do, trucking, down to just helping out kids, everything I do was influenced by that man. Mm. Um, seeing he was a big truck driver, coming to the barn, nice cars, trailer. You know, he was taking care of his people. Just the fact that he gave me a horse and my mom a horse. Sheesh. Uh, I was like, you know, I want to, I want to do that. You know, it wasn't even the money; it was just the, the freedom. It was just, you know, being yeah. able to help out other people. Yeah. Um. So, I, and and this is how this is how I kind of incorporate what I what I do in, into the black community. Um, because it's like I looked at what this man did, and I wanted to get there by any means. So I seen that he had the truck, mm. he had the nice car, he had the house. Soon he had the riding facility. He had the trailers. Trailers are very expensive. A trailer you can sleep in that's good, might run you 10 bands, some of them about $100,000. Mm. Um, on average, 
you spending about thirty, forty thousand for one that you could sleep in and take about four horses with you. Um, they're like RVs, but you um, they're like RVs on wheels, but you hook them up to the back of your truck. Um, so being once you once you get involved with horses and you see all the necessities and things that you need, yeah, you realize all right, this ain't cheap. I can't get this from a regular job. I can't get this from working for somebody. So I looked at what he did, and I was like, okay, he's a truck driver. So I was like, I want to do that. So when I got old enough, I got my CDL, got into truck driving, started business. I was like, okay, boom. Now I want to own a truck. So because I got everything else, I got the nice truck, trailer, horse. Now I want the facility so I can do what he does and, and then also my dreams. So with that, so once I what I learned from that, and I was like, wow, I was like, I really looked at what this man did, and just followed in his steps. Whether even if I, whether even when I was in college, if I just stuck to my major, regardless, it would have all just led me up to that same point, getting to where you know to where he is. So a lot of young, a lot of young kids that get involved with horses, they look at the things that like I have, like the truck. They seen I got a nice truck at a young age. Um, all these other things. I tell them all the time, I was like, man, I just want y'all to do something with y'all lives. Y'all might, you don't have to go to college, but as long as you do something, as long as you have some type of purpose, you know. One of them actually hit me up recently about learn, wanting to learn about the trucking industry. And I was saying, man, it's, it's nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? So now he's looking at the things that I have and others have, whether it's some horses are expensive, man. It's like some horses you can, can cost you about $10,000 and they just a baby because of the bloodline. So the bloodline determines the price of the horse. Hold on. Before we get back into that, we got some bills to pay. All right. Now that we got that covered, let's get back into it. Sometimes, yes. Okay. Like uh, Libby, I got her off of somebody that was flipping horses. Um, Libby has no papers. But what makes Libby's value so high is I can literally walk her through this building right now and give a, a lesson inside of this building we're in right now. Mm -hmm. And... She's a very she's at a very healthy size. She's a pretty big horse. Um, on top of that, just her being on a magazine in the magazine, um, the things she's done, the amount of money she made, just which is equivalent to like a horse competing and the money they make in, at events, things like that. Things like that add up and add to value. Mm. So she had to kind of work for her value because we we don't know what a bloodline is. We don't have papers. Um, so those papered horses, they are expensive. And um, once these kids get involved with that, they're like, okay, I, I want I want to level up. I want to get this. I want to get that. So they just look at, okay, like I see this person doing this. I want to do what they do. And it, it keeps them out of trouble. So that's like that's like my little secret to the kids I work with. Once they actually get involved with it, and that's, that's my hopes with these different organizations I'll, I'll be working with is – for these kids to look to want to get in the horses so bad that they take these different routes to get there. You know what I'm saying? By any means, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, I know you say you've been an instructor for some time now. Um, just like on a basic level, I'm wanting to ask, you know, um, what does it really take to be able to ride a horse? Like, I know when I was there, you kind of like got on me about posture a little bit, and I, I figured it out later on, but – um, you know, can anybody just ride? Like, what does it take to really be able to do that? It definitely takes confidence, courage, and trust. You need to trust yourself. You need to trust the animal. You need to trust the instructor. Um, 
that's like when y'all first came, I made sure you took some time to bond with Libby. Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, I was like, let her get your scent. Um, I take her to the arena. I say, all right, I'm going to walk her around a few times. And it's just this is me gaining the trust of my client. I'm like, okay. I let them know everything I'm going to do, and I'll give them the reason for it. So horses are creatures of habit. So once you do things over and over again, they get used to it. It's like a routine. So I teach people that. I was like, okay, this is a routine. Anything and everything this horse will do, I know I like the back of my hand. I, I can predict her next move. Like, I, know, I was kind of telling you that. I think when I mm-hmm. walked around in a couple circles. Yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, I'm going to let her walk around the circle, and, was gonna, and we're going to let her stop when she wants to. The second circle, I'm going to ask her to stop, and she's going to stop when I tell her to. After that, that lets me know, okay, she's she's used to her environment. Everything's cool. You know, I do that also so in case a plane drops from the sky, we good. Mm-hmm. You never know, man. I, I don't gave a lesson at a barn that was like um, on, on the one at uh, Back Creek Riders Barn. Yeah, yeah. The arena is near the street. I didn't give a lesson, and a car crash happened happened in front of us. Mm. Oh shit! Yeah, and, and in the middle of the lesson, the horse just stopped. She looking, and she just keep on going, <laughs> mind the business. So we um, that's that amount of trust you gotta have. Like even uh, when I was riding uptown that day, you saw me. It took a lot of trust, trust in my horse. I, I had a fire truck fly past me, man. I, I let the group get ahead of me because I, I like the I like the walk them down on the street but um fire truck flew past me blowing going with the siren and everything i was like man i ain't never been in this situation so i was like if you good i'm good so uh, libby just stood there on the sidewalk it blew by i was like okay we're cool just kept on going um confidence um confidence starts within you i tell people that a lot um gotta have that confidence to know that everything's gonna be good everything's gonna be all right you're gonna be good you got this I got adults that get on the horses and just be shivering out their mind. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. I like some people will come and they just like, listen, this is my birthday. I just need to experience it myself. I ain't want nobody else here, no homegirls, nothing that, no husband. Uh, just like, I, I just need this experience myself. I was like, all right. And when they get up there, just just shaking. I was like, yo, you gotta relax. <laughs> They do sense your fear. Yeah, for real. Right? <laughs> when you say that, when you say those words, they sense your fear. They go, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? I was like, nothing, nothing. They just know you're scared. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it, it, it's really not hard riding a horse, man. It's just after that, I feel like there is no right or wrong way to ride a horse. I teach people how to ride my horse. Mm. You can take that. Go ride another horse, whichever way you want to. I'm just showing you how to ride my horse. I'm not telling you this is the right way, this is the wrong way. This is just the right way to ride my horse. You can take that and do whatever else you want with it. I just want you to be safe. And then I teach people from right and wrong. So, you know, I put people in situations where, like, um, inside that arena, so they learn, like, you know, because we ride on the streets, so, you know, we, we're in all type of situations. Like I said, car crashes, things like that. Hmm. Um, So I teach people what to do in those situations. So I say, okay, like, you're going to feel something before your horse gets scared or tries to run or anything. You're going to feel something. So you need to think a, two steps ahead of your horse and kind of predict their next move, and you need to adjust yourself accordingly. So I teach people that. And it also, it also helps with other things like, you know, building confidence, um, just thinking a lot faster, things like that. It has definitely helped me a lot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't an injection. I'm going to the next one. 
ask a question? Nah, skipping that one. All right. So, Greg, what does growth look like for Charlotte Cowboy? The Charlotte Cowboy, like like the whole group. Nah, your organization, Charlotte Cowboys LLC. Man, the goal. I want a big riding facility. Um, that's 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 what my that's what my growth is heading to. Um, well, in the midst of that, just just connecting with all these different organizations. Um, because I mean, just speaking on my talents, I don't, I don't need a big riding facility to do what I do. You know, I teach I teach kids in in front of a school in the street, wherever I teach them. You know, what I'm saying it's nothing to it. But the ultimate growth for me is is getting to where I want to be. And just just seeing improvement in my business, like little things, like man, you won't believe how hard it is running a, a horse business. You got a market, you got a—I mean, even the quotes you put on the post, mm. like I, I be having. <laughs> but then sometimes I keep in mind, like nah, I just be myself. Like I be putting quotes up, like nah, that's a little too hood. <laughs> now the back, I'm like nah, man, just be myself. You know, we 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 cowboys from the hood. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So like, I be like nah, this this is what's real. You know, some sometimes I might. Be in the mood where I just like, you know, we ain't just niggas on horses or, you know, just I might put like casually riding through the street. Um, but nah, that growth is just just learning, like whether it's just business, because I, I teach the boys and, and other people who I see who are starting a horse business too, you know, uh, I'm able to give them advice like, okay, you know, this is how you get a magazine, you know, you want to mm. get in touch with a photographer or invest into a camera yourself. Like, I, I take, um, and while I do my lessons, I take pictures of my clients, you know, um, just as a little add-on to the business and just, you know, it's just something I'm kind of getting into, doing my own photography. Um, but, yeah, the, the ultimate growth is definitely getting that riding facility. So the goal is so um, growing up, a lot of kids would go to the Y so for basketball, workout, things like that. I want a riding facility that's seen as the Y, like open publicly to kids and different organizations so they can come by and um, we can build a riding team, you know, black mm-hmm. riding teams, um, things like that. And even these kids can have another outlet because growing up, I didn't want to get into football and all that. I mean, I played it in the neighborhood, but it's just, I didn't have time to get into football. I had horses. But I also noticed, like, you know, not everybody wants to grow up throwing a ball. And that's, that's cool. True. You know, we got some vet mm-hmm. in there. We got some – People that want to get into vet school, things like that. I was actually shocked growing up seeing a lot of my close friends. They were like, yeah, man, I've been wanting to be a vet my whole life. I was like, man, that's crazy. I'm in the horses. I don't even want to be a vet. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. But um, that's, 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 that's my goal, definitely, having that riding facility so these kids have that freedom and another outlet. Where I feel like the trademark for sure should be we ain't just niggas on horses. Yeah. Go ahead and trademark that quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's dope, though. But, like, you know what? Hey, I ain't going to play ball on Sunday. I'm going to ride horses. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Brian, I ain't going to lie. That's how, that's how some of the kids are. A lot of them play basketball. Yeah. Um, and what's crazy is, man, we'll have an event come up. Because one, it's like two of them. One of them, he's homeschooled. The other goes to Hopewell. They're really good at basketball. Um, I know one of them, he be going back and forth between – and and because I'm in a group chat with the boys, their ages um, ten. My youngest is ten, all the way to eighteen. So I just be in there, kind of monitor what they do, because you know they boys make sure y'all ain't 
getting in no fights or nothing like that. Or um, I do stuff for them, like get their hoodies, things like that, help them with their logo, their brand, things like that. Um, That's dope. Mm-hmm. So I kind of I kind of monitor them and um, I watch what they do and just just see how they how they the teamwork is because they all come from different backgrounds. Whether one of them come from um, background like me, you know, you grew up in the hood, things like that, Section Eight and all that. Or one of them, they family might be doing well for themselves. Um, so like the ones that play basketball, man, we'll have an event come up and I'll see all the boys arguing and they're like, man, you need to go take care of the basketball tournament. Da, da, da. They're like, man, you're going to miss out riding. You always miss out riding. Then they always come to some agreement like, all right, all right, all right. go handle what you got to do with the basketball tournament. And, you know, we just all ride together next weekend or something like that. And I just see them do, do have that type of teamwork. Um, but yeah, a couple of them a- actively do play basketball. They they rather be with the horses, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we know the rodeos and competitions turn into big ass parties. I need you to describe that scene for us. God. <laughs> All right. Trail ride. I always tell people the same thing. Trail ride is basically like Black Bike Week, but with horses. Um. Your typical day at a trail ride, you come there, man, it's just nothing but thousands of black folks and, and horses. Um, what's funny is, man, that that's where, like, you might see one family, one or two white families come up. You'd be like, damn, that's white people. <laughs> <laughs> like, like growing up, seeing that, seeing my mama, uh, be like, look, grand, some white folks. I, was like, I just never understood that versus we going somewhere and we like, damn, we the only black folks here. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. Yeah. Um, but man, you got people from all over. Typically, our trail ride scene, um, East Coast Trail Ride Association, is just mainly focused on the East Coast. North Carolina, South Carolina goes all the way up to Maryland and Virginia. Uh, we have a couple Florida people come by. Georgia has their own scene. Georgia's now kind of co- kind of collaborating with us and coming up here for our rides. We're going down to Georgia. But what a trail ride is actually is. Not all of them have rodeos, but typically they do. Some majority of them do have rodeos, which consist of different rodeo style events. Um, a trail ride is what it is; just actual you ride on the trail. But we call it a trail ride as a whole because you ride through the trail, you're cooking out, um, everybody eating together. At nighttime, is everybody on the dance floor, line dancing, and everything. I mean, like line dancing and drinking that creek water. <laughs> you gotta explain that. What is that? What is creek water? Creek water? Yeah. Oh, that's that moonshine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you have it. And that hit different. Yeah, man. Like that. Man, that's that's something you can wake up, you be drunk. Man, I, I, I done seen people waking up sleeping in horse trailers. I don't, <laughs> me myself, I don't walk up on the back of a truck before. Uh, I've seen people pass out at that trail ride. I don't. I don't roll a horse drunk out there at two or three o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> it, it get lit, man. It get lit. My personally, the biggest one I know of, or in my opinion, is the biggest one is the Ebony Horseman Rodeo, mm. which is so big they had to cancel it this past year and the first year that COVID hit because the crowds would have just been too big. And they've been doing that for about maybe ten years or ten plus years. That is my favorite rodeo. It's in it's in Shelby, North Carolina, right down the street from us. It get lit. They got a rodeo. I'm talking about people. You might have some people that actually compete out there, or you might have some people that just do it for fun. 
we race out there. That's where everybody Saturday little race beef at. Horse um, racing. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. So so with horse racing, you got like you know. Me and somebody talking jumping together. I'm like, all right, let's go line up on a dirt road or something. Mm. Now we do have some places where you actually like legit horse racing, like coming out of a shoot. Yeah. But the horse racing we do is like a straight shot. Um, 100 to maybe 400 or 350 yards max. Um, mm. and it's just straight shots. Not no curves. Whole trip. No. Okay. Now what's crazy is that is a lot of Mexicans are actually involved in that. Hmm. I mean, guys that do drywall, painting in people's houses, um, demolition work. You wouldn't know these guys are packed. You know, we, we all know that, you know, they come here packed in one house, you know, um, so everybody get their money up and move out and venture off. But yeah. I've seen some families like that have fifty thousand dollar horses. Damn! I actually knew a family. They actually just bought a ranch last year or two years ago, and that was their living situation. But they had the most expensive horses at the barn, mm. and they basically dominate the racing industry. Like, mm. you might be a black family that's getting into the horse racing, but somehow along that line, you're dealing with somebody Hispanic. Whether you bought a horse from them, you getting advice from them, or they train your horse. Along that line, you more than likely dealing with somebody Hispanic. Um, very, I, I honestly have not seen anybody white at these races or involved in this. Typically, just black folks and Hispanics. Mm. But it's a good sight to see because you know it's just our, our, them are people too. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's 100%. a really good sight mm-hmm. to see. Yeah, I got a question though. So these trail rides, what are the dates when this take place? And then the rodeo in Shelby, what dates that take place? That's always the third. The third. Um, Weekend in August, but um, I, I have a schedule for the, the rest of the rides. I can get that to you. Oh, okay, bet you. I got to check that out, though. Because they're all <laughs> 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 nah, yeah, 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 for sure. So, um, I got to check out both of them joints. Because Shelby down the street. So he's, That's true. There's one in Shelby coming up. So it's like, it's not it's not Ebony Horseman affiliated. Oh, it's not, another okay. one. But, I mean, they, they ride still cool. Anderson Shelby is nearby. They yeah. ride should be in, like, May or April. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, I think that's being hosted by the N2Deep Riders. And then every other ride is in... Little places, little towns like Zebulon. Um, but places. this is open to the public, though. It ain't like it's closed off yeah, members only. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, what y'all guys doing there? No, nah, <laughs> Where nah. your horse at? Nah, I invite my people all the time. Like, yeah, man, come through. Libby gonna be there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, come through. Bring your lady, bring your family, whatever. Mm-hmm. I invite That's people dope. all the time. You know what I'm saying? Some people come literally just to dance. No oh, horses uh, at all. They come no just to dance. Got to bring my boots with me. I'm coming uh, out there for sure. Segway, segway. Segway. For sure. So, yeah, line dancing, bro. <laughs> got to tell us what that footwork hitting on. Oh, bro, I got no rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> Everybody will tell you that, man. Everybody. They be like, great, you ain't got no rhythm. Man. I can't believe that. Man, I don't want to hear that. Man. <laughs> I ain't. You will not see me out there on that dance. You might see me. With a drink in my hand on the out on the outskirts, but and, you know, doing a little two step, I ain't doing nothing else, man. <laughs> now I know we talked about COVID a couple times during the during the course of this podcast. Um, I do want to ask though, how did COVID you know affect your business personally, and how do you pivot during those times during COVID? So um, there are periods where um, when COVID is rising, where I kind of just shut down business for a little bit. Um, just to protect my clients, you know, things yep. like that. Because I'm, I'm exposed to a couple of kids. Uh, so I kind of just shut down business for different periods of time. So, um, like, when this Omicron thing was on the rise, when Delta was on the rise, mm-hmm. I shut down around that time. Um, 
But initially, being that it's outdoors and outdoors activity, um, a lot of people, when COVID did start, a lot of people did want to do that because, I mean, they wanted to get out the house. Yeah. So it was just something else for them to do. Like, man, it's crazy how many black folks have just been supporting the business between, like, the past two years. Um, Nothing but black folks just coming out there. Like, it's an amazing sight to see. Um, But, yeah, it's just... People want to get outside and just do something different, man. That's what a couple people told me. It was like, yeah, you know, we've been tired of this whole quarantine thing. We just wanted to try something new, you know. Um, but I, I really just say that's that's really how it just affected business. It, just, it made business, you know, get busier. Um, but more so, you know, I do I do do my precautions, try to keep me and my people safe, things like that. Um, yeah. I want to get a little personal. So, what is Dingo Lockhart? outside of taking care of Libby in the stable? Like who I am, like what I do? Yeah. Shoot, man. Uh, definitely getting, uh, well, I am a huge gun fanatic. Like I, I like guns. I, I mean, I'm all <laughs> into gun protection. I'm all into, gun, you know, gun safety, things like that. Um, I, I don't know if y'all heard of Watchdog Tactical. It's a black-owned gun store here in Charlotte. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the name of it? Watchdog Tactical. Nah. Watchdog Tactical. Now, man, I be in there at least like once a week. Mm-hmm. Whether I'm getting ammo or getting a new gun built, something, getting something engraved. Um, I, I just got Charlotte Cowboys engraved on a, a AR pistol I got from them out of there. That's hard. Um, so that's something I do. I got I got a little group of friends. We we go we we got a little shooting club or, or whatever. We go shooting out in South Carolina. Um, I have not been hunting in forever, but I used to go hunting. Uh, that was something I, I used to do. Golf is something I'm trying to get back into. I, ju- I just haven't had the time. And um, other than that, just, just trucking, trucking business and just whatever I do behind the scenes for the business. Um, but I say Django Lockhart is definitely a leader, a caring friend. Um, a hustler, a grinder, you know, I do whatever I got to do. Um, yeah, I say, I say it's the best way to describe me, man. I just, horses are pretty much my life, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's, horses are pretty much my life, man. Like, even down to, um, I, I, don't, I really don't even buy designer no more, man. Like, I just, one day I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna start wearing my own brand. And I was like, so, as you got on today, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I got like ten of these made just so I can wear hoodies with with my my business on. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. people be asking mm-hmm. me questions all the time. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, some people think I'm in the motorcycle gang or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, like man, who is the Charlotte Cowboys? You ride motorcycle? Oh, man, I don't know a lick about no motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> you catch me on four legs, but you never see me on two wheels. <laughs> Big up to you on that. That's definitely that Nipsey mindset. Yeah. But it would only make sense that an urban cowboy would be nice with the guns. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's only right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, Greg, we've reached that favorite and most popular segment of Jack of All Space Nation. We like to call it Top 5 Dead or Alive. So we want to know, alive. what are the top five ways that working with the horses has brought you and the community value? Top five ways. Oh, man. I say I say just meet new people um and new faces like people it's crazy how strangers can become family um 
strangers do make you rich. <laughs> I, I, I believe that. it. Like, man, I, you know, and it's just, just more than just, just money itself. Like, you know, just opportunities, you know what mm. I'm saying? Just, just simple networking. Um, God, man, just, just bringing horses into the community. Like, uh, I stay, I stay on the east side. Ain't never been no horse over there before. And Milton Road, Sharon Avenue area. So one day I was like, man, I'm going to go ride over here, show the kids a neighborhood or something. So I rode over there to, uh, uh, it was actually, it's like a compare foods. And it was like Hispanic neighborhoods over there. I rode through those, you know, just show the kids a little something. Um, but definitely just, just putting, just bringing them horses into the neighborhoods. Um, and just showing people it's, it's, you know, we, we have the power to do different things. You know what I'm saying? Like, most offended question I've been asked growing up was, is this your horse? Are you renting that? You know, people just yeah. find it hard to believe that that's my horse. Even as a young kid, 10 years old, riding around the neighborhood, going to the corner store, people say, is that really your horse? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I clean stalls to keep this horse. <laughs> okay. All right, well, Jack of all space nation, you've heard the wise and powerful words of Greg Lockhart. And let me just remind everybody again, mm. they're not just niggas on horses. Nah. Please don't forget that. <laughs> now, Greg, tell Jack of All Space Nation where the people can reach you, like find out everything that you got going on, like socials and all that. Okay, y'all can reach me. Um, we have a website, charlottecowboys.org. Mm. And you can also reach me, reach us on Instagram, at Charlotte Cowboys. My personal is at the Charlotte Cowboy. Right. And the boys, if you want to check out there, what they got going on, their riding group is um, at 704 Country Boys. That's the name of their group. Is there any events that are coming up in like within the next couple weeks, months, that people should be looking out for? I say definitely that ride. Oh, um, I think we're having a city ride hosted by the Trailbread Riders in a couple months. I don't have a date on it just yet, but we'll definitely be – Every year when they do that, we're like we're like a hundred horses deep riding yeah. down, riding through uptown. Crazy. Yeah, I know that's a sight to see. Crazy. Yeah, so sure. definitely, <laughs> definitely be on the lookout for that and lots of poop throughout the city. <laughs> oh, hold on a second. How, how do y'all do about poop? So when y'all riding down the city and the, the horses poop, y'all gotta go back in and clean it up yourselves, or hey, what, what, what goes on with that? I'm gonna be real with you. Yeah. If it's parade time, yeah, you know we got yeah. a pooper scooper guy that cleans it up. Oh, okay, y'all gotta hire one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, they come behind y'all. <laughs> yes. Yeah, one of our guys be like, all right, five dollars per horse. Gotcha. Even if your horse don't poop, just just pay the man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just pay the man. So non parade time. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you, man. Well, I may be looking for a gig on the side. <laughs> like, like that day you saw me, man, it's just look. Hey, just get out of here. One with the earth. <laughs> hey, one with the earth. <laughs> <laughs> Not, not, uh, a big no-go is yeah. trying not to poop on the sidewalk. Okay, uh, I got I, you. I, I, I mm-hmm. didn't, one of our guys got in trouble a long time ago. The horse pooped in front of a five-star restaurant. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> 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 some people don't care about no horse. Yeah. You know, let alone somebody black on it, too. You know, that's just. Two strikes. Some people just like, <laughs> you know, some people, I'm just trying to enjoy my meal. You look over to the left, you're just like, man. That's disgusting. Let's <laughs> <laughs> look too close to the mashed potatoes I got on my plate. What's going on? What's happening? 
Well, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Jack of all space nation. Just know when you see the horses, somebody got to do the job. <laughs> Salisbury steak. <laughs> but you already know where you can find us at. We are on all streaming platforms, which mm-hmm. includes Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, now on Amazon. Of course, iHeartBreaker. And we cannot forget the one that hosts everything. I haven't shouted them out in a while, but Anchor.fm yes, is the yes. reason why we're here. Mm-hmm. Of course, thanks to Carla for the YouTube where you can see the audio and the visuals. Mm-hmm. But as always, I am the beloved one. I'm the proud of Africa, Ken YBB. Shout out Virgin Islands one more time. Blue Water Banks, Fat Boy Tires. We had the pleasure. Django Lockhart. Any parting words for the people? Uh, I, I catch you on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, y'all know how we close this thing out. You know, one time for a tribe called Quest. Rest in peace, Fife Dog. Tell your mother, tell your father, send a telegram, and we out.